Good morning. Uh, welcome back. We still have a Hakdama to discuss about Menashe, but I'd like to read a few Pesukim first, just so we understand what the Hakdama is based on. So we'll begin Perich of Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, Melachim Beis, Perich of Aleph, Pasuk Aleph. We began the Hakdama to the Hakdama on Menashe before Pesach, before Sukkot, and Zerushava Tesvav Tesvav. And we will continue today, Mitzvah Shem. Let's see a few Pesukim. Aleph, Ben, Shtem Esrei Shana Menashe B'Molchoi. He was 12 years old. So, the good news, although it's not much good news, is that when he started off, the day he started, we have no indication that he planned on doing anything wrong. <coughs> he was 12 years old, and... He had a wonderful, wonderful education. His father was Cheskiel HaMelech, a tzaddik who had the premonition, Ruach HaKodesh, that his son is going to do bad things or has an atiyah to do bad things. And you could be sure that he did absolutely everything in his power, spared no expense to give him the best education possible. <coughs> when I mention that as good news, it's because the latter half of his reign, he will indeed do tshuva, as we had mentioned, and we will go into. It did something. Tshuva always works to some degree. The problem is it's going to be maybe too little too late in terms of the damage that he has to undo. Tshuva is never too late, Sometimes it's a little hard to pull back what you put into motion. For most of us, that's not Nagea Baruch Hashem. For a king with absolute power, it's going to be difficult because he was so good and so zrizizdik in the wrong direction. It's going to spread. The disease will spread so far that he himself will encounter resistance when he tries to fix it up. That's unusual. Again, the good news for the individuals here is that it's, we're not so powerful, we're not so great, and even the damage we do can most often be undone. Yes? Yes. So, Rabbi Hanna was talking about the Tzvei Dinim and the Mitzvah and Avera. One is Ratzon Hashem or Merida Bakosh Baruch Hu, Mitzvah Avera. And the other part was the positive effect and the buttons and levers and switches that the mitzvah does in the Bria, in the Alamas el Yenis, and the Klippus, and the Avera that all that accomplishes in the other direction. That's the immediate effect of the mitzvah and Avera. Here we're talking about Chetia Machtias Arabim. It's on a different level. Is you have to fix up all the mitzvahs and Averas, the Averas you did, the mitzvahs you could have done, in the personal realm and what that could have, would have, or did in the Bria, and then you have to worry about a million other people. That's much more difficult. Uh, this is the rest of Klai Yisrael. This is all that's left of Klai Yisrael. Uh, this says the in here. Some of them came back. This is Yehuda, Benyamin, Levi, some of the Shvatim, Zema Sheyesh. So it's all local. It's all right here. The numbers, it's not a thousand, but it's not ten million. And it's a very, very targeted population, which he targeted. 
as we will see in the first few psukim. That's the problem. And that's a problem that he himself will uh, come to realize is, a, is going to be a huge issue. Yes? So, Tshuva Me'ahava has now the ability to... That's, uh, again, a part of his question. The problem is, even if Lu Yitzur is Me'ahava, and uh, again, I, I mentioned I'm going to be very careful talking about Manasha over the next couple of months, but I'm going to try to read the Chazals and explain them. Even if he did Tshuva Me'ahava, all indications are that he didn't. He was getting burnt alive, and he tried calling out this Avarazars, and that didn't work, obviously. And then he remembered his wonderful education of Cheder, called out to Hashem with the line that, if you don't help me, you're the same, Rahman al-Islam. That doesn't sound like Tshuva Me'ava to me. It sounds like real Yira, like Yira, Yira Sa'esh. And even, had it been Tshuva Me'ava, it doesn't mean the other million people are doing Tshuva Me'ava. So he had real tangible damage on the ground. That's, uh, that's the problem of Achet We had this problem with Yeroven Menavot. Baruch Hashem, there aren't that many examples of this, but there are a few notable ones. You're an American. <laughs> you set yourself up for that one. Maybe Tzaddik will be able to explain it to you. How much... Uh, uh, it, it, we can't picture a monarch. And now, by the way, he didn't have... The good news is... I always like putting in the good news every other paragraph. He didn't have as much power as Lahavdil uh, Stalin did. And he had a lot of opposition. And we will make note of that as we go along. There were tzaddikim in this dar, dar, and every dar. We were promised there'll always be tzaddikim, there'll be tamid chacham, there'll be people handing up the tzari. He had a lot of opposition, but he was very powerful, and there's never a shortage of henchmen who want to find favor in the eyes of the king and who are slightly violent, who want to do the king's bidding, and he had a lot of that. So I, I agree with you. There were always tzaddikim who went underground. Yanai had the same issue. And Yanai caused a lot of damage and basically murdered everybody who opposed him, as did Menashe. Either his own grandfather primarily or also his own grandfather, but you would think you know, his grandfather was the main opposition. He had a mouthpiece in a positive way. He had a soapbox and he stood up and he said it and Mishael wasn't afraid of anybody. And he got killed in the line of duty. That's how bad things were. So Yana had the same issue and he killed everybody and there was only Shem and Shetach left and one of the most fascinating Gemaras that uh, I've ever seen about the Kufa is that he had a problem one day of all the problems. He had to bench Zeman and he didn't know how to bench. He wanted to get it right. Very medactic lahalacha, which is puzzling to say the least. And he asked his uh, wonderful Eishas Chayil who was talking wonderful Eishas Chayil and um, he said, okay, there's only one left and if I bring him, you promise not to chepper him? Not to chepper him, like that was a nice way of saying you promised not to slaughter him. Why she took his shvua at face value, who knows, but I guess she was married to him, so that she believed and she was right, and she took Shem and Shetach out of hiding. And they had a nice zimun after a very heated conversation. So that story, that positive outcome was the exception to the rule. Everybody else was dead. <coughs> and you have a situation where Yanai has absolute control. <coughs> where were the tzaddikim? They were there. Everybody was either not alive or underground or in bubble. 
and Hashem always makes sure the Messiah is given and ultimately they survived, somebody survived and they came back and we're still here and Yana is not. And so that's the positive ending to the story, but at that time it wasn't very positive. I agree with you that there were enough people, the Yitzhahara for Avodah is very powerful. So enough people who were more than happy to carry out his program because they wanted to do Avodah themselves. And therefore, even when he did tshuva, they continued to do Avodah and push the agenda. That's correct. However, the problem is, in a Chaiti situation, is the one who starts gets blamed. And your perception is not incorrect. I will, uh, I will prove it as we go along over the next few weeks. If there was one person, even though you can't put the blame on one person, and there's collective guilt for the Churban, if there's one person the Chazal point to for the blame of the Churban, it's Menashe. Not Yeruvim, not Achav. So you're not, you're not incorrect. Uh, well, um, the Tasefim is going is to start spelling that out. And so your question is, how Lodavrahu? The answer is, there's no one person responsible for anything for good or for bad, but Menashe will take the lion chair, even though Yerav Menavot did not do tshuva, he was offered. And Achav did tshuva a little bit and then regressed. Menashe finished the latter half of his reign in tshuva mode, and yet he it will be the one, is the one that is singled out for the damage because the damage was so deep and the people so cooperative that it was... Too little, too late. So, the chiddush is uh, noticeable, but it's true. It doesn't mean there aren't many other people. We have yet, over the next uh, year, many things sliding toward the Horban and many people who are aiding and abetting. And the same theme, by the way, it becomes such an avalanche that the last standing king, ironically, is Be'etzam at Tzadik and he himself can't make a decision to stop it. He's not strong enough. Tzitkiel. is a big tzaddik. But he's also sort of blamed for not standing up to his deep state cabinet and henchmen. But he doesn't go without blame for that. They're just nowhere near. He goes down in history as a tzaddik. Manasha, the jury's still out. And it will be out even after we finish the parak. I hate to disappoint you, but there's a machlekes within a machlekes. And it's very unclear how we paskin, quote-unquote, because we don't have to paskin this day. Hashem did in Shemayim. And their Medrashim, what you were discussing with me a few weeks ago, that say that Menashe is the head of the department in Elam Haba of the Baalei Tshuva. He's in charge of that chilek in Elam Haba. That's pretty amazing. And in our Mishnah, which we read right before Sukkot, it's a machlekes, and we, seem, we should paskin like the Rabbim, that he didn't get Elam Haba. And then Rabbi Yechadon Amara, against the rule of Yechadon Amara, says that you got to say that Menashe was allowed in and maybe got a very good spot in Elam Haba, because otherwise you're closing the door in the face of potential Baalei Tshuva. 
So we have Machlekes Tanaim where the rule of Psak is clear, and then Rabbi Yechanan, not Stam and Amir, Rabbi Yechanan, says, yeah, maybe that's the way it should have been, but can't come out like that. So almost, despite him, or nothing to do with him, we have to elevate him anyway. Similar to the original Chazal, that Hashem had to carve a hole under the Kisya covered. Basically, it means it went against the rule, and that's not a way to do tshuva. And it's not tshuva me'ava, and it's uh, tshuva me'ira b'dyeved b'dyeved, but you got to show that tshuva always works. So that's why when I say the jury's still out, it's, it's quite unclear what the maskana is. We don't know, and we don't have to know, because it's not nogea down here. What's nogea is that even if the tshuva is very b'dyeved, Hashem will carve a hole. So that does encourage the potential of the tshuva. But we don't exactly know where Menashe is sitting, and there's Machlekes Tanaim and Stiras and Medrashim. So that's why we're discussing this carefully to see what the possibilities are and why there should be a distinct possibility or maybe a maskana that it doesn't work and that the tshuva didn't take hold. We'll take one more and then we'll go back to the Pasuk. Yeah. So, that's a very good question. Uh, does it make a difference? Trying to figure out based on the, the Torah stuff of what must be, be. And this, this year we're trying to figure out, but your point is a very good point because we know that in Shemayim, the Psak, even though this is really uh, something, the domain, if anything was the domain of Shemayim, Aleba Shemayim, he down here applies to Arhalachalamaisa, and this has nothing to do with us. So one would think that it's for us to learn what damage. Averis do, and what the lessons are over here, and the lessons here are tremendous for history, not just for Menasha, obviously. But I won't discount the fact that it's quite possible that halachah basra, and if Rabbi Yechanan says, yeah, it's very schwer, but you can't say he didn't get in, then Shemayim did pass like him. I won't, uh, I won't discount that possibility. That's, that's very likely. We have a similar story, interestingly enough, involving Rabbi Yechanan with Rabbi Meir and Acher, when Acher, the same issue. And he was also a shtikom He went so far off, the only one. That, due to the pressures, and there were reasons behind it, uh, not for now, but he actually went to the best magician and tried to get to Negeshavez Rabin to leave and close the Gemara because he didn't think that this is going to work for Klai Yisrael. And that's going to be the first chat we have in Menashe. What was he thinking? So there was a problem with Acher, and he had uh, one great uh, Mila that he... He was able to retain Rameir as a Talmud, and Rameir did it. People had tainas on him. Some people agreed, some people disagreed, but he remained Rameir. And Rameir davened for him to get out of Gehenna, but it didn't get fixed up till later on. Rabbi Yochanan was involved in that also. So Maybe probably, right. probably Lishitosoi. Maybe what? that's right, they have to be there in order to be able to make any kind of difference. Like, is that yeah. When, I, when I go, so I'll take him with me. Yeah, or, or you have to pass it down here, and then when you go, maybe Zegarim, these are very deep in Yonim, but I don't discount the possibility. It, it sounds that, that that might explain why the Major says at the end of the day, he not only got in, but he's the uh, chief of staff of that Chelek and Haba, which is quite a uh, position. So yes, so you're, you're beginning to understand how complex it is. Again, let's see Pasuk Aleph. Ben Shtei Shana Menashe B'Malcho Chamishim Chamei Shana Malach B'Yishalayim Again, what pained the tzaddikim in this generation is this not only was a successful reign in terms of the facts on the ground, if you look at it on paper, it's the longest. So this is the old struggle with Sadiq Rallo, Russia Vatoivloi, even though over here it's a little easier, so you can explain that the last few decades were not Sadiq Rallo, because he's doing tshuva. 
So it's not as bad at the end, but still, if we're sitting here struggling to figure out whether even got Alam Haba, it had to be a difficult Nisayan for people to see that he had the longest reign. Shem Ima Chafsiba, who, again, a quantum of version, was Yeshaya's daughter. Yasara ben Hashem ketavos agayim asheharish Hashem mipnei bnei Yisrael, and he not only adopted avodazaras and made it the Lord of the land, he took the avodazaras from the goyim that were defeated by Klai Yisrael. The pasuk's making mention of that because why would you want to take the avodazaras that lost if you're going to be already out of the box? Take the ones that are up and coming. Take uh, if Asher is winning a battle. Take from Asher. Why take the ones these guys lost? So the Mepharshim explained that. And they say that they lost, and Manasha, Seraphim is going to go into this in a moment, Manasha felt that, you know what, we're shrinking and shrinking. The Asasashvatim are gone. Every day is another threat. And yeah, we survived Ashur. That's the problem. Why didn't he see that they survived Ashur and it was Anais Nigla? Why didn't he remember that? That was his father's Nais. Father didn't do it, but he certainly helped bring it. Not that long. But you see what you want to see in life. And they came back, and they're going to come back again. They're going to capture him. It's going to be month by month, year by year. And his baskan is going to be that this experiment didn't work. This is a baskan that many people came to. From Anasha all the way down to Lahavdil, Theodore Herzl. And many, many in between. He, again, the secular point of view, if you don't know the history, you think he's the one who was trying to solve the Jewish problem. He wasn't trying to solve it. He was trying to solve the problem by getting rid of the Jews. And he had many plans, either mass conversion to the church. You could solve the Jewish problem, just get rid of all the Jews. That was one idea, which he, and he had a whole detailed plan about it. And he was going to go on the front lines with everybody else. And... You know, that doesn't work, and we're still Jewish, they don't want us, uh, so well, and that didn't work because the masses were still had a pentaliyid, so they said, that's ridiculous. He said, okay, but it doesn't have to be Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael was too attached to Judaism. We're trying to make a new clean break. So we'll go to Uganda. He had many very disturbing and interesting plans. Um, Baruch Hashem, he underestimated the masses and the pentaliyid, even though the masses weren't even from, by and large, but they were firmer than him. And what was he trying to do? The answer is, well, again, Lahavdul, Manasseh was a towering Tamachacham. I don't want to put the two in the same paragraph, but Manasseh felt that this was a failed experiment, and even believing in Hashem, believing in the Hashem of his parents, grandparents, and David Amalek, and Amavinu, maybe he would say on a firm day, we failed. Klai Yisrael failed. Hashem traded us in. That's been done before. It's called Christianity. They said, yeah, there was, there was an Amenifchar. You traded in, you blew it. Well, it's been tried many, many times. This idea isn't new. It's just never true. But he was depressed, similar to what his grandfather, Achaz, did, and he started doing, but he did much more damage over here, is that let's just forget about it. Let's just fade away and assimilate and blend in, and then we won't have the service anymore. We can't handle a war every day. We can't remain on the edge of our seats. Some will taina that uh, if you give up, and um, this is not the saying, so don't misquote this, but uh, when they made the, uh, the most recent agreement uh, a decade and a half ago to give away most of it to Israel, which Rav Shach Paskin many, many, many years ago, that we will give land for peace if it will save Jewish lives. The question is, will it save Jewish lives? 
often the negotiations are done from a defeatist attitude that, look, uh, as a people, we're not really going to survive anyway. So you might as well just like blend everything together. And there is such a notion in the secular mind worldview in Eretz Yisrael held by many people, unfortunately, that Jews, Arabs, that's just it's the Middle East, why don't you just get along and we'll... And I remember saying that somebody commented at that time that their desire, and they wrote about it, they didn't hide it, their desire is that we should be having coffee in Amman and, in, and they should be here and we should be able to intermarry and they should be... Well, that's Manasha and that's Herzl. And I said, it's the same thing. Is that we can't keep fighting wars. We can't stand the We can't do this anymore. Well, you know what? It's very hard. We understand why they're exasperated. But a gullah's Jew, which for them is a racial slur, is a marker of pride. We've survived until now. We will survive the last few years till be as gullah said it. And we're not going to throw in the towel now. What? Their idea is give up and just get rid of the Jews. Just make it one big melting pot which is very American, very secular, very universal, um, not very Jewish. What I'm saying is supposed to be very from and very secular also. Meaning, like, you're very from, but you also do all the secular No, that's a different problem, is that you can be very from and still have some tomb of the floating in from the Goyim. That's not. Their idea is to get rid of the Jewish people, which is the original idea in secular Zionism, and, and, and not just secular Zionism, socialism, communism, everything else in between. No, I didn't. Right. 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 You know what I'm saying? In their mind, that's the goal. The goal is why shouldn't we be marrying them? But what's the difference? We're, we're cousins. We're all in the Middle East. Let's uh, let's get it together already. But that's not the but that you should know. But that's not the real answer. It's not. It's not that's a silly idea because they want to kill us. That's the the secular conservatives say that they say you guys are not real, which is true. You guys are like in La La Land. That's not the real answer. The real answer is that in Ruchnius, that's not what we're here for. Is an Amanifkar to blend with them. There's the conservative secular, like the um, Secretary of Defense, whatever. That if if it were safe and the way to do it, he'd be Moskin. That's, doesn't, he doesn't hold there has to be uh, what, I'm an ifka, we're not the, we don't believe in this so it happens to be dangerous and silly also but that's not the reason the reason is because it's wrong and you can't throw in the towel and say this is a failed experiment how can you say it's a failed experiment we're still here, we're still keeping mitzvahs there's still a core that wants to uh, pass on the Messiah it's not failed but at the time it's, when things are very bad it's very very depressing and th- this is the most powerful lesson from these a prokim is that it's easier for us to say, but in 2020 hindsight, we're screaming and knocking on the window. Menashe, don't do it. What do you, we're, we'll, we'll be here. Don't worry. Well, the answer is we're, we will be here and we will continue to be here, but it's not because of Menashe's plans, despite of Menashe's plan. But That's the. Yeah, this is. Of course, this wasn't. Uh, this wasn't only Herzl, yeah. uh, but but the, again. The positive news is there were always, to answer Yaakov, there's no question, there were always Sadiqim who are fighting this and Sadiqim who are fighting this now. The question is, who has the upper hand temporarily? So let's see what he does. He puts the programs into effect. Pasa Gimel. Vayashav even es habamas asher ibad chizkiyo aviv. How ironic. This is not his grandfather, his great-grandfather, his great-great-grandfather. 
he now starts rebuilding the bummus that Chizkiyo finally got rid of. And these are the bummus. The bummus was, remember, the last to go because everybody had it in their deck and they felt it was Haley because of their great-grandfather or further back that bought real carbonus. And it was always a mishul. Chizkiyo finally got rid of it and he rebuilds it. First thing he does. Second thing he does. That's already a new one. Imported. It's not a new one. But he's going to maximize its exposure. He brings back something from Achav. That's a while ago, and it was never in Yehudim. So the point I began making before, part of his plan was to turn back the clock and call off the quote-unquote experiment, which he held was an experiment. It's not an experiment. It's here to stay. Baruch Hashem. And then make sure you appease and pacify all the gods. So the question we raise, why would he sacrifice to the gods that lost? The answer is maybe we're getting hit because those gods lost and they're angry. So we don't want to take any chances, so let's build a mezbeah for everybody, which is standard Avarazara way of thinking, which, as Menashe tells Ravashi in the dream, um, the Eitzahara was very concrete and very formidable to do this which is why he's doing it, even though it doesn't exempt him. Pasik Dalu, Rabbana Mizbachais Babes Hashem. Asher Amah Hashem B'Yishalayim Asim Es Shemi. And the worst possible nightmare. He not only builds and rebuilds the Bamas, and then builds more all over Yehuda, and in every village and every mountaintop, he brings an Avarazara into the Azara of the Beis HaMittish. Even his grandfather, Ochaz, didn't dare do that. He put it upstairs. So this is a new low in what damage you can cause and the tumor you could bring to the Makam that is the most Kaddish. And that's why the Pasuk highlights, That's the place where there's the greatest Hashra, Hashchina. And he didn't happen to put it there because he thought it would look nice for decor or he thought it would be quaint that you have it in a makam where they're doing some sort of vayda. Anyway, he put it there to drive out the shechina. He knew. He knew what he was doing and he did this b'meizid b'meizkavin. And we would like to think, well, the shechina is the shechina. You can't push the shechina around. Of course, you can't push the shechina around. But the way it works is that the more mitzvahs you do, the more you bring hashras the shechina and the more avarice you do, you do drive out the shechina. So he knew what he was doing, unfortunately. Yes, but he not in the Azar. He did it in the Malkam, upstairs. Again, his grandfather, but it didn't. This is the first time. First time this happened. We didn't get to them yet. This is, this is, this is only Menashe. Uh, yes. He's the first one that did it, which again, back to Yaka's point, that's why this, is, uh, this level is blamed on him. And he put it in the Azara and the Azaz Nashim. He put it all over the place in the Beis Amitish, again, with the primary purpose of driving away the Shrina. You would think it would uh, maybe stop at the Ben Adam Lamakum. It ended up overflowing into Ben Adam Lamakum. But not stopping Ben Adam on the murders that he's going to have, the blood that he's going to have in his hand, which the Pasuk will mention. But his own son, Hevrez Benay Be'esh, Malach was always in the background. And then he was into all his kishuf. Here, Balasas Hara Be'ene Hashem Lechachis. So we spoke about Tshuva Me'ava Me'ira. 
before. It started off over here. Lahaches is a very, very challenging word, especially in today's context. Do you have Yidin today? Do you have anybody doing Lahaches? Everybody at Tanishanish, but we discussed that in various years. Now it's Baruch Hashem harder to make a case in somebody's Lahaches. Not impossible, but harder. Menashe had the best education money could buy. And he was only 12. And we don't know how many days into the Malucha or minutes, days, months he started this, but Pusik says it was Lahaches. It's very hard to get away from this word. We'll go to the Peleyes now. We're up to Zion and we did not get to the sheets, so we will get to it in Mitzvah Shem next week. So you'll hand them back. But I do want to get to the Peleyes. Yes? Which is what makes it so difficult, yes. And that's uh, the Rambam's, what we mentioned, uh, yeah, what we mentioned during Aseris Tzimei The Rambam says, if the Averis are done, even of Azara, and nobody knew, that's one thing. If people know, or if your whole agenda is that people should do it, then yes, that is the classic Chil uh, And when you put a Ketchka in the Azara to drive away the Shechina, that is uh, classic, unfortunately, class, classic Chil Yes, so um, let's go to page Kuf Mem Hey. We started Hidr yesterday, which we were discussing at length in the context of uh, Lula of Esrig and all other mitzvahs. We'll begin again. Hidr Mitzvah, page Kuf Mem Hey. Hidr Mitzvah, Meirela Ava. Again, not just ironic and not coincidental. We just ended up with doing an Avera Lahachis. Here we're talking about doing mitzvahs, not Stam, by rote, which is still worth something. Not stam because you're afraid. Not only me'ava, but me, not only me'ira, but me'ava. Me'ava is the way to show this, even though it's going to be a question of gradation, a question of percentage, as is l'shma. Chaim Velozhna says the purpose in life is when you're a child to do things shalom l'shma, because that's what children do for candy, for rewards, and you slowly work your way up and try to increase the l'shma. And if you don't increase it to 100%, that's okay, as long as you're raising the bar your whole life. We hope to go from 10 to 20, 30, 40, 50, and as high as you can raise it. So part of the Lashma is understanding that you're doing it only because the Kodesh Baruch Hu asked you to, not even for the buttons and levers we just spoke about. Yes, we understand it affects in a positive way, and that's wonderful, but we should do it Lashma because this is Rotsan Hashem. And showing the Ava is uh, a challenge first you have to internalize it and to show it one manifestation is the zrizas that you put in and the simcha that you do it with and the more zrizas the more simcha the more that's indicative of the ava and the lashma that you're doing it which the paliyah points out first he does it with hiderm he has a careful attention to detail and he does it in the best possible way. And the more he does it, the more noy he puts in. The more he puts into the Aveda, it shows he's doing it with excitement and with Ava. And he's doing it to make a Kiddush Hashem. And the negative part is if you don't do this, again, you did the mitzvah, that's already a big positive. And you would say, but if you don't do it with fanfare and you do it in a very lackadaisical way and you come late and you do it the most bidiyavid way, that shows in an olam haba, although he'll get schar for what he did do, the contrast 
this is Nechveh Bechupas HaShachavero, the contrast of what the mitzvah could have looked like. You'll see other people who get schar for their tefillin, their lulav, their eser, their tztaka, their chesed, and you'll say, I did it and he did it. What's the difference? The answer is, well, he did it and he got up early and he was smiling and he was running and he was going to do it and he wanted to get other people involved and you did it looking at tayag mitzvahs. Uh, the mashallah like giving is you can have two people doing tayag mitzvahs and they're both orthodox. So they're orthodox. They have to do tayag mitzvahs. And so one looks at it as an obstacle course that you try to avoid whatever you can. And once in a while, you bump at the mitzvahs. You got to do it. You're from. What are you doing? And the other one looks at 613 Mitzvahs have 613 opportunities, and they run after them, not they happen to bump into them. That's a big, look, you look from the outside, it looks like they're both doing the same thing. If you catch them both on a day where they happen to, he bumped into it, and he ran after it, and they both landed. So it looks like they're doing the same thing. It's a completely different Avedah, completely different. That in Alam Haba, there are gradations, they'll both get schar, and it's better than doing Avedah, it's better than not doing the mitzvahs once you're faced with it, but it's a different Avedah. Now the contrast, remember the Beis HaLevi always says they're going to get judged by what you could do in other areas with your signature. So if a person is very makbid in Hidr when it comes to his clothing, when it comes to his house, and when it comes to his car, and Sunday morning, what your average Akum wants to do, nothing wrong with it, as long as he's yet see a Zion Mitzvah, he's not smearing the car to wax it with Avram and Achai juice. As long as he's not doing that, he get up Sunday morning and wash his car. That's fine. Wash it, wax it, do whatever you want. For a yid, Sunday morning, to wake up, the first thing he thinks is, I can wash my car today, as opposed to I can run to Shear or get to Shachris on time. It's a different avayda. There's nothing wrong with cleaning your car. But are you as makbid on doing your mitzvahs with zrizas as you are cleaning your car and uh, building your house and everything else we do in our Gashmiya realm? You want to make sure there's no rip and everything is shiny. And you paintings and all sorts of beautiful things around your house. When it comes to mitzvahs, he shows up the davening. Uh, he's wearing sneakers, it's half on, it's half off. Uh, the shirt's dirty, he just came from... Uh, from a ball game, and it's a little mud, okay, a little mud, never hurt anybody, and he, and he runs into Mincha. Now, again, he's Orthodox, God Dab Mincha, Baruch Hashem. That's at least, he's Makbara Mincha, and he's Makbara to go to me. That's Gavaldic. It probably would be a lot better if, for his Mincha, and to show his Avas Hashem, uh, stop the game 20 minutes earlier, and wipe your brow, and maybe take a shower, change it to something more fitting to go see the king, and then. Go daven. So again, they're both davening. Here you can see a glaring difference. They're both yetzi, but there's a hikon likras alakach Yisrael, which is part of hachanos for mitzvahs. Ashrei shayev es kainai, mechaber Hashem mehainai, marba hotzalus al mitzvahs lehisnus, and a person who is marba hotzalus who spends money. Everybody spends money, and you can spend money on a certain amount of gashmias. But where is your excitement, and where do you spend most of your money? Is it going into mitzvahs? Is it going to elamazeh? Many people in the office, it's uh, autumn now. So that means after autumn is winter, and they're going to start changing the clock. And mincha in Manhattan on the 52nd floor is challenging, unless you have a minion on your floor. 
So many people on a busy day have alarms set, which they should, to remind them that Shkia is coming. Per this Peleyayetz, which is an obvious thing to put into effect, you should have two alarms or maybe three, whatever works, and have a five-minute warning, a ten-minute warning, so that you can get off the phone with some Yishuvadas, and you could uh, find your jacket and maybe your hat, if you have it in the office with you, and come in like a mensch, as opposed to coming in frazzled and not disconnected from the last phone call you had where you did close the deal, you didn't close the deal, and you're trying to figure out why you did and why you didn't. It takes a, at least a couple of minutes to get the mindset to be able to say, Ashrei with Kavono. Mentioned that to somebody once. He said, Ashrei, that would be nice. So, Ashrei, I'm still in Shmakaleno. I'm still in the why I didn't close that deal. Okay, understandable, certainly. But that's why you need a five-minute warning and a ten-minute warning. And you need to have a plan to be able to get to Minyan if possible and uh, daven before Shkia. Um, somebody's Shkia, everybody according to his mini, but, uh, but Shkia. And there's reasons to get that done. Mistakes are made and sometimes it goes over time. But the system to get that into place takes planning beforehand. And the planning is part of the reasons and part of the Avas HaMitzvah. And uh, people come in, in the office, Bechlal, they... Many people have asked me over the years, and they have a Echa Kedusha, and they, they sort of, he comes late, and he misses Kedusha already. Not if they had a regular Chazar Sashat. There's no Gzair Sakasa that in an office you don't have Chazar Sashat. If there is um, a time frame and it's impossible to make without doing that, okay, so then that's what it's for. They do it in yeshivas in America, and it's Israel, by the way. They never do it. There's no yeshiva that davens any short version of any mincha. And it's Israel, just not done. In America, they were doing it uh, for a while already, and many people tainted, uh, why are we doing it? We're saving time. What's in a Masifta? What's after Milcha? No, anybody here? Remember Masifta? Too old. English! Whatever's, whatever amount of English you have. So it's Bittal English. What are, we, what are we saving time? So No, it's not so simple because English is already very, very, very tight and we need to fit it in. And if we don't do that, then it's going to go into Bikiyas. Okay, so there are Cheshbenes. In the office, the Cheshbenes are somewhat similar is that we have very little time and the boss is not too happy with taking off time unless you're your own boss. If you're doing it, um, make sure at least the Shman Esrei is given another minute to Shman Esrei itself. You get out with some Kavana and... Believe it or not, there is Tachanun on the 52nd floor. I've had all sorts of interesting legends, tales, and fables. Reasons why they can't say Tachanun in the office. Ranging from Eina Shechina Lamayla Esrim. I said, that's a sukkah, not the Shechina. There's another Gemara sukkah that talks about the Shechina doesn't go below 10, 12. All sorts of ridiculous and imagined things where you can't say Tachanun. You could believe it or not, say Tachanun in the air. Although I can never convince anybody on the LL flights to do that. Uh, lost cause, um, but you could say tachan to me. So there's an issue just when you go back to the office now and uh, design. Uh, there's no reason not to say tachan. And okay, you're doing hechidusha uh, and you slash message. That's debatable. But if you have to and you can't fit both of them in, then tachan belongs there. And the planning can make a an eight minute mincha into a, a ten minute mincha or eleven minute and make a huge difference in your whole day. And you're davening for your panasa among other things. So it's Kadai to make the proper preparations, and it shows the Avo for the mitzvah. That's what the Peleyates is talking about. Okay, Mitzvah Shem, we will continue next week. Night Seder begins tomorrow night, this year. Night Seder's been going for a couple of nights already. This year will be upstairs at 8.45, not 9.15. 8.45 will begin tomorrow night.